Hello, welcome back to the Equippers International podcast short version. We're going to jump right back into the book of Hebrews. We've spent the last couple sessions just talking about the first couple of verses of the book of Hebrews, and I want to stay here, and I've alluded in previous episodes about making some comment about the historical setting of this book because it's super important to interpreting the book and really getting what I believe to be the the meat of the message that God was trying to communicate through this book. So let's talk about this just for a couple of minutes. I don't want to um, belabor the point, but I think this is a very important topic and may take a couple short sessions to get to the the bottom of it. But uh, in verse two, we see that the writer of Hebrews says that in these last days, he has spoken to us in his son. These last days, very interesting phrase. If we look at the original language, this word last is the Greek word eschaton. You may recognize that word uh, in relationship to eschatology, uh, commonly phrased in modern vernacular as the end times. Uh, Needless to say, in most Christians, that notion conjures up a lot of different um, things, a lot of different opinions, a lot of different uh, interpretations, which I'm not going to necessarily take sides on one way or the other in interpreting all these things, but let me me just say from the get-go, I think it's super important for us to approach the scripture, and I've said it before, first and foremost from a historical perspective. I think it does a great injustice to pull the scriptures out of context in relationship to what the authors of scripture were inspired to write in their own day, in their own time, in their own setting, uh, because I believe that's where God was working, and I believe that's what God was trying to communicate at that time. So if we don't do do justice to interpreting the scripture in that light first before we make any type of personal application, then I think we're uh, actually falling a little bit short of our responsibility to rightly divide the word of God as we're instructed to do. So let's just talk a little bit about this idea of the last days. Um, So this word last in a very simple form is just a word that has to do with things in in a line, uh, something being first or something being last. Jesus talked talked about the last will be first and the first will be last. And again, in John, it says that on the last day of the feast, Jesus stood up and he proclaimed something. So in its most simple form, it's just a word that means something last in a line. But a scripture that's really revealing in regards to understanding what the biblical writers saw in regards to the last days, I think, is in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, Peter stands up at Pentecost and he begins to preach his first sermon after the people are filled with the Spirit in the upper room and they're speaking in other tongues and people from all over the known world at that time that are in Jerusalem for the feast begin to hear the things of God being proclaimed in their own languages. And then people begin to accuse the the people that are filled with the Spirit of being drunk. And then Peter says these words in Acts chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. They're very important. He says, but this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Very important words. This 
is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel in the last days, says God. So it's very clear that Peter, under the authority of the Holy Spirit, is interpreting the fulfillment of what God said through the prophet Joel as something that was going to happen and indeed did happen and it happened in the last days and God poured out his spirit. Now, do I believe that God is still pouring out his spirit and that people prophesy and people see visions and dreams? Absolutely. But just because that happens today doesn't mean necessarily that that characterizes today as being the last days. Again, being true to Scripture, Peter says the fulfillment in the last days through what was spoken through the prophet Joel was the day of Pentecost. So that is a fulfilled prophecy, and it's defined as something that happened in the last days. So what's my point? The point I want to make, and the point I think is very important for us to understand when we approach especially the book of Hebrews as we're doing in these short sessions and will continue to do in days to come, is that the writer of Hebrews, along with all the other New Testament biblical writers, understood something very significant that was happening in the last days of their lifetime. And that event that was in the process of happening, and we'll unpack this as we go along because it comes up over and over again through the ministry of Jesus and through the apostles and their teaching is that they expected and saw something happening that was the end and the beginning. What was it the end of? It was the end of the Jewish economy, if I can put it that way, the end of the things that the Jews held to as their paradigm for relating to God. And they say in these last days, there's a shift. There's something very significant that's happening and it's going to change the way you think about God. So the writer of Hebrews is dealing with this concept of the last days, specifically from a historical perspective. The end is found in the expression of the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD by the hands of the evil Roman Empire. And the book of Hebrews is set in the context of this historical time frame. The Jewish-Roman War began sometime around 66 AD and it ended sometime around 73 AD, in the middle of which, in 70 AD, the temple in Jerusalem itself was sacked by the Roman Empire It was actually completely raised to the ground. Not one stone remained, just as Jesus prophesied that the temple would be destroyed. What does that mean for the Jew? What did that mean for the people of Israel? Well, on one side, it meant a very catastrophic and sad day that everything that they held dear, their temple, their priesthood, their sacrificial system, their place of gathering and fellowship, if you you will. Their whole national identity was wrapped up in the temple in Jerusalem, the holy city. 
And those things, those things that were dear to their heart were actually destroyed on that day. But what deeper thing was happening? This is what was happening. Jesus had been revealed. And this is what the writer of Hebrews is trying to communicate. Jesus is the last and final expression of all those things. This is why Jesus prophetically can continue to allude to things like in the book of John when he says, tear down this temple and I'll raise it up in three days. He was likening his physical body to the temple. And that was blasphemy for the Jews. But Jesus knew that something greater was here. He was a greater temple. He was a greater Sabbath. He was a greater sacrifice. So the writer of Hebrews is trying to appeal to his Hebrew brothers who in the first century were being enticed away from the Christian faith. Many of them had come to faith in the Lord and they were being enticed away by other Jews who had not come to the Lord, who had rejected Jesus as the Messiah, and they were trying to basically enroll them in a rebellion against the Roman Empire to protect their city. And the writer of Hebrews is writing this book just prior to these events, and he's beseeching his Hebrew brothers and sisters in the faith Do not do this. Do not walk away from the faith because you have to understand in Christ, in Jesus, we have a final and better word. We have a final and better son over the house of God. We have a final and better high priest. We have a final and better sacrifice. We have a final and better rest as the people of God. So all these images, the writer of Hebrews is going to be using to try to convince his Hebrew brothers and sisters in the Christian faith to hold the course to keep the faith during these perilous days. So these last days, as far as the historical context is concerned, was very specific. Now, what do we know about a final day, a consummation of things that maybe God will end and wrap up? Those things are left in many ways in shadows, and it takes a lot of patience and faith to walk this process out 2,000 years later. We don't have all the answers, and Jesus said very clearly, these things are not given to you to understand, but what we do understand in the context of this book and many other teachings that we'll visit during these days of walking through this book of the apostles in the New Testament times is that they had a very specific expectation that there was something happening in those days that represented a huge shift. And it was a shift that moved the focus from the Hebrew model to a Christ-centered model. And this was a cosmic shift, if I can put it that way. This was no small event. It was huge. And it's why it's a massive theme in the New Testament and why if we can align ourselves with this proper historical context, I believe the scriptures begin to take on so much fresh meaning. And there's so many things that we'll begin to see in the context of this shift. So I want to leave it there today, just food for thought, not so much a devotional time this morning, maybe a time to 
be inspired to get into the scriptures to seek a better understanding so that we can be encouraged and blessed in our faith. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.